Hello and welcome to chapter 2 on this podcast on an introduction into aviation. This episode 1 I've called How an Aircraft Flies. How does one explain how an aircraft flies without pictures and diagrams? Not that straightforward, but I will try my best. It's an analogy that can be used and easily imagined. Imagine a river flowing by and there is a rock in the water flow. Water is running by either side. The water going round the rock is faster than the water going down along the bank. This is in effect what happens when air flows over the airfoil. It goes faster than the air flowing underneath. Cross section of wing from tip to root will show it curved on top and flat underneath. The air will race over the top at greater speed and reduce the air pressure. As a consequence, the air pressure will be less underneath. This is what creates lift. To obtain the amount of lift required will depend on the speed of the wing through the air. Also, the surface area of the wing will dictate the amount of air required to keep the aircraft aloft. This will be defined by the role of the aircraft. For instance, fighter aircraft have less surface area, are more swept and are thinner in profile, but go so much quicker than transport aircraft, which have thicker wings and are generally straight with little or no sweep. If you look at the wing of a glider, it will be long, thin and straight. This makes them efficient. They also produce less drag for the amount of lift they generate. Once airborne, there are four forces that have to be equal to make the aircraft fly. They are lift, weight, thrust and drag. The way the four forces act on an airplane make the plane do different things. Each force has an opposite force that works against it. Lift works opposite of weight. Thrust works the opposite of drag. When the forces are balanced or equal, a plane will fly level. The plane goes up if the forces of lift and thrust are more than weight and drag. If weight and drag are bigger than lift and thrust, the plane goes down. Just as drag holds something back as a response to wind flow, lift pushes something up. The experiments one can do to discover this. The first one requires a sheet of paper. Ideal size is A4, or letter size is if in, the, if in the USA. Hold the paper by finger and thumb at each corner of the short side and place it on your bottom lip. Lightly blow on the paper and see what happens. The bottom of the paper will rise and the paper itself will go horizontal. This shows the theory that has been named as Bernoulli's principle. In this case, an increase in airspeed results in a decrease in air pressure. The second experiment involves a moving car. It should be done in a safe area, or at least with someone else driving. Put your hand out of the window and see how your hand with the palm out flat moves in the airflow as you change the angle of your hand. It will be like a wing climbing and descending. Obviously, an aircraft requires a means to get through the air in the first place. With a glider, it's down to two main forms of launching, winch launch or aerotow. I will cover those later. In the meantime, I will talk about powered aircraft, primarily single-engine propeller-driven aircraft. In most propeller aircraft, it's the propeller that pulls the aircraft through the air. There are some aircraft that are pushed through the air with their propeller, and there are even some that have a push-and-pull propeller configuration. Once airborne, the aircraft has to climb, descend, turn left and right. To control the aircraft, there are various forms of control column. There's a standard control column, which is positioned directly in front of the pilot and comes up from the floor, and it is just a vertical bar of metal. 
Other variations include the same, but with a form of steering wheel on the top. These bars are attached to the control surfaces by means of links and cables. A modern variation is a control yoke, similar to a computer joystick. This is situated on the side of the pilot, but the control cables are known as fly-by-wire and are computer cables. The principles of whatever control column is used are still the same. Basic controls still work the same way. To climb or descend, the aircraft has a movable control tab called an elevator. It is generally situated back by the tail on the tailplane. When climbing, apart from adding power, the control column is pulled back and the elevator goes up. Disturbing the airflow, that will in fact drop the tail or stall the wing. The aircraft therefore pitches up. To descend or go level, the control column is moved forward. The elevator moves down, creating more lift, therefore in effect lifting the tail. To change direction, there are tabs on the trailing edge of the wing that move. These are called ailerons, and they are situated towards the wingtips. For example, if you wish to move left, the control column is moved to the left. The left aileron moves up, the right one moves down. The left wing basically stalls and loses airflow. The right wing creates more lift and therefore rises. To move right or level, a total reverse of the procedure is carried out. Another control surface that is primarily used to keep the aircraft straight, but is also used to tighten a turn, is the rudder. This is a large tab situated on the trailing edge of the tail. It is controlled by foot pedals, originally known as stirrups. To move left, push the left rudder pedal. The rudder will pivot to the left. The tail may be vertical, but it works in the same way as a wing. The rudder, moving to the left, creates more lift on the right side, and so pivots the aircraft to the left. These three movements are known as the aircraft's principal axes, known as pitch, roll, and yaw. If you imagine a line going from wingtip to wingtip, the aircraft rotates on that axis, and that's pitch. From, and then you get a line going from nose to tail, and the aircraft moves on that axis, that's roll. You then get a vertical one going straight through the aircraft, that will be yaw. A quick recap, the elevator controls pitch, ailerons control roll, and the rudder controls yaw. The rudder is also used on taxiing and on takeoff to keep the aircraft straight. The reason for this is with the propeller at the front rotating, it creates a corkscrew of air down the fuselage of the aircraft. It then hits the tail. This would result in one of Newton's laws. Every action, there was an equal and opposite reaction. Most single-engined aircraft, when, when viewed from the cockpit, have the propeller rotating to the right. Right rudder would be required to compensate for this and keep the aircraft straight on the runway centreline. On small aircraft, the rudder is also used for steering the aircraft while taxiing, as it is linked to either the nose wheel or tail wheel, depending on the configuration of the aircraft. Now how gliders are launched. If a glider is winch launched, this is the most common form of launching. It comprises of a motor powered winch down the opposite end of the gliding field, 
rope emanating from it is attached to the glider by means of a metal loop that is held in place by a pin, which in turn is released or locked in place from the cockpit by the pilot pulling on a tassel. Just before his flight, he pulls on it when the winch rope is to be connected. Gliders are not always fitted with radios, so it is handled by ground crew, who then signal to the winch operator by means of hand signals. When the rope is locked in place and everything is ready to fly, the slack of the rope is taken up, or in other words, made taut, meaning the winch has started to wind the rope in. The glider is then pulled along the ground, accelerate, and then pulled into the air at speed. The angle is not far off vertical. The pilot then pulls the tassel to release the glider when at height. This is almost when the glider is vertical to the winch location. The winch rope itself returns to ground by means of the winch and a small parachute to slow descent and ease location when the ground crew are watching it fall. With an aero tow, as the name implies, a powered aircraft tows the glider behind it to a specified height. The tow rope is, as with winch launch, attached to the glider, but this connection is through the nose as opposed to just underneath it. It is locked and released by using the same tassel, however, and the pilot has to keep the rope slightly loose as not to put a strain on the towing aircraft while they're flying. When the, aircraft, when the towing aircraft turns, the glider has to turn at almost the same time to keep the rope slack. When at height, the pilot will pull the tassel to release the tow rope. He is then free to continue his flight. To retain height or gain height, gliders generally rely on rising columns of air known as thermals. But the controls of the glider are the same as a powered aircraft, except obviously for the lack of a throttle. As a slight aside regarding gliders, there are such things as motor gliders, or given their full name, self-launching motor gliders. As their name implies, they have engines, but these are located in different places. Some have them in the nose, others have them behind the cockpit. These ones are on a tripod contraption that can be folded away in the fuselage when not, no longer required. Some nose-engined gliders have propellers that fold away into the nose. When they've reached required height, the engine is turned off and they become a glider. Now we know the principles that takes an aircraft into the air, we need to know how it comes down. It's obviously not much different as the aircraft still needs to fly to the ground. However, the speed at which it flies to the ground needs to be monitored. Too fast or too slow could both be dangerous. Landing is, after all, considered the most dangerous part of a flight. On most aircraft, there is a control surface that assists with speed control. It is the flap, and it's situated on the trailing edge of the wing. It is lowered in degree segments, sometimes three or four options. And there is a speed limit for each setting under which this can be operated, and too fast, and the flap could be damaged, or even worse, torn off. The flap when extended, drops into the airflow and disrupts the air, especially underneath the wing. This then slows the aircraft and along with the use of the throttle and elevators, you keep a safe operating speed at each flap setting. As a side note, the flap is not just used for coming into land. If you need to drop height quickly, you can use it 
as long as you're at the safe operating speeds for the flap. However, to land or reduce height rapidly in a glider, they don't have flaps. They have spoilers, which are little sheets of metal on use of a lever protrude from the wing surface, sometimes from the top, sometimes from both top and bottom, leading to disruption of air and therefore stalling the aircraft in effect. So you can get the controllable speed for landing or losing height. Thank you for listening. Next time I will endeavour to go through actually flying an aircraft from taxi and takeoff, control in flight and to actual landing. Until then, if you have any questions, please email thehangarat at gmail.com. And the hangarat is all one word. Thank you once again.